0: Hi, Ina here. Quick warning. This episode starts right off the bat with some explicit language. So if you have little ones around, this is the time to put on your headphones or to wait until they're not around anymore. Okay, ready? The episode begins now.
1: And so I'm like, this just sucks. Like, it's just horrible. It's miserable. I'm at my lowest of my low. I lost my job. I lost my vision of what I wanted to be and do. I'm stuck with toddlers and they don't talk to me. And one of them can't even eat and I can't go anywhere because my car's in my driveway and it's not drivable, like it won't drive. So like life can't get worse than this.
0: Rachel Miller was just a high school teacher who had big plans to teach at the college level. But two babies in a row later, she decided to quit her job to stay home with them and soon hit rock bottom. When her husband innocently suggested, hey, why don't you start a blog just to keep herself busy, instead of getting angry at the obvious mansplaining, she did it. Millions of fans and dollars later, Rachel is regarded as the authority in audience growth in the online industry but her first six months she made zero money and that would be reason enough for anyone to quit but not her.
1: You have to love your audience so much that you're and your business and your perfect person the person you're going to help with your business so much that you're compelled to help them even when you're not making money. My name is Ina Coveney, online presence
0: expert for online coaches and today we dive into Rachel's story so that you can take her lessons and apply them to growing your audience. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts while hanging off the edge of an airplane attempting to save the world from a nuclear strike, you can thank my husband for that one, head over to the review section and leave us a five-star review and say something nice. It really helps support the show and thanks. Here's my interview with the bubbly and talented Rachel Miller from Moolah Marketer.
1: This is The Global Phenomenon with Ina Kovani, the podcast where the self made teach you to stop waiting to be discovered and prepare to be found.
0: Hi everyone, I have the absolute pleasure of introducing you today to Rachel Miller. Hi, Rachel, how are you?
1: Hello, I'm So
0: glad to be here. Thank you. I I am I've been waiting for this. Like the past 24 hours have been the longest of my life because I've been really looking forward to talking to you. First, let's start with who do you
1: serve right now? What do you do? I help moms, well, actually, all people build let <laughs> oh, <have we> start... me <laughs> You guess start over. over. Oh my God, I can't believe this. I help parents and all people who want to grow a business while they're growing their families, build a community that sustains them and feeds their souls while also helping their customers. So it's lots of fun. We basically grow audiences.
0: That's what you do. And I I bought your course. I'm one of your students and I've gone through it like twice because there's so much in there. Like every sentence you say has like five different things to take from it. So I watch your videos over and over and I just had to like come out as a, I'm a total mullahite. So so let me ask you, you're very, very hard to research because on your website, there is that you don't have your history in there. With your content, you're not really telling me much about like your story and what you did that day and what like, you know, all these things that you're going through. And I'm starting to feel like this has got to be intentional. Like this this, (laughs) this resonating with you
1: at all. It is, it is intentional because people don't necessarily care about other people's stories unless it's their own story. So people want to see themselves reflected in their interactions. So what I mean that your customers, your clients, they don't necessarily want to know about you. What they want to know is like who they are in relationship to you. So I've done, I mean, we do sell little pieces of my story. I'm an adoptive mom. I've got a lot of kids, but I mostly tell those stories in relation to my audience, who they are. Um, I'm here to serve them. So my content is about them, not as much about me. So uh, this is something that I I really wanted to like
0: push on the brakes and talk a little bit about, because this is completely contrary To what we learn in the online world about like, no, no, you you have to be super vulnerable. Go out and tell them about that scar that you got when you were little and go out and tell them about all the crying that you did in the past 24 hours. And you want to like (laughs) blog posts and blog posts of like, quote unquote, vulnerability. And I have taken your course. I know that that's your message. It's about like, hey, it's about them. It's not really about you. So I wonder, you know, you've been in business for a while. If you've ever fallen into that trap of believing maybe I should be sharing more.
1: Well, I, I feel like I am an open book. Like I do share the stories about me. I just don't have them necessarily organized. And when I tell them, I'm telling them in relationship to what my, who my audience is. So I'll tell a story about how I fired an employee and how I cried about it. But at the same time, I'm telling them so that they don't have to make those same mistakes, so that they don't feel silly about the time that they're stuck with an employee. They, they hired the wrong person and they, they made the wrong choice um, or they, they onboarded them the wrong way. I, I'm hopefully reflecting back to them who they are in all of my content, even my stories about myself. And I know it's the antithesis because a lot of social media marketers are all about, honestly, they're about themselves. And that's kind of why they went into marketing is because they wanna bring attention, the gurus to being a guru. And they might lose track of who they're really serving, which is their people and their audience. And for me, that's kind of like my mission is to help people realize that your business is not about you, your business is about your customers and your clients. And that means that you have to adapt your content so that it's about your po- person too. And it's not about you.
0: Do you have the same eagerness
1: to share about yourself, to like put yourself out there to be the guru? I I, I did have on my bucket list actually to speak on the largest marketing stage in America um, to keynote it. And um, so I, I do have those same same goals. And I crushed it my first year in Moolah. So I, when I started Moolah, I said, I want to speak on the largest marketing stage. And I think it was like 10 months later, um, I got the invite and I keynoted on the largest marketing stage. So I, I do have those same goals, but I now realize that those goals were about feeding me and they're not about feeding my customers and my clients. It's not about me. It's about them. So how can I make a difference in their lives? If I keep that on track, then my business will always be serving. Zig Ziglar said this, um, and I love him. I love Mark Tim, who um, now runs the Zig Ziglar brand. But he said, you get what you want when you help enough people get what they want. Mm -hmm. So if I can make my business about my customers and my clients, then ultimately I grow too. And I've seen that truth be evident in my own business and in my own life. So yeah.
0: And you've grown Facebook pages to like millions of followers. So yeah. I think if anybody needs to be listening to anybody, they should be listening to you. We we have a reach right now of forty nine point eight million across my platform. So wow. So let me ask you. I want to go back to a time where you were you didn't have your own business. I want to. I like to take people back to a time when they thought their life was going to be. I'm going to go in, down this path, and I'm going to work at certain company, and that's what. Can you Tell me a little bit of when that was and what was that like? What what did you think your life was going to turn into before you got into entrepreneurship?
1: Um, I was a school teacher. I taught 12th grade economics and I thought I would teach at um, high school for like five years. And then after that, I would go, I I had almost finished my master's. So I was going to go from there and teach at a college teachers how to be teachers so that was my, what my life goal was. Cause I knew I wouldn't want to be a principal. They deal with drama and I, I loved college. So what if I could go teach educators to educate? And so I always had the desire to help other people make a difference. Um, so looking back, that's that's still the same. However, I had about a year and a half, I guess three years in, I had um, a baby one and then I was on maternity leave and I got baby number two. And I realized my plan of in five years, I was already on track. I was having people from the local high school, like local high school, the local college come to my high school to watch me teach. So I was already on the track of becoming the teacher educator. Um, but that wasn't going to happen when I had to take like one maternity leave, which then became two maternity leaves back to back, no school. That's not fair to a school. It's not fair to classrooms. So basically I I had to quit. And um, that was hard. I didn't like the idea of quitting. And it took me probably two, three years to get back on my feet again, where I was able to replace my teaching salary. And after then I replaced my teaching salary, it was amazing to see that blossom and grow to where I was now bringing in teacher salary a month. And now I'm bringing a teaching salary a month, but with two different businesses. So it's really fun to see that happen, but more than the revenue, which is just like a, a game board piece, like it's a checkoff list, right? It's the fact that I was still able to have that goal that I had when I graduated college of making a difference in the world by helping other people make a difference, Um, helping that ripple effect happen. And I get to see that happen in my own business. So that's for me, what's the biggest through line. in the sense I'm still doing the thing I wanted to do, but I'm just doing it in a different way than I ever anticipated. So
0: tell us how that happened. You're on maternity leave. It's like, oh, I'm bummed out that I can't go back. Like my, my plan has totally veered off track. What happened then? What was
1: the spark? What was the first thing you did? Well, my car broke down. it needed a new transmission. So my car's in my part, in my driveway. I can't drive it because it needs a new transmission. I can't, I don't have the money for a transmission because I just quit my teaching job. Um, In addition to that, my, one of my kids has like a funky food allergy. So she couldn't have soy, dairy or eggs. So basically we called it lobster juice because her bottles were like the equivalent of a lobster dinner because they're, they just, and all my milk dried up. So I couldn't physically feed her. Mm-hmm. And like, there's no formula that doesn't require her like an arm and a leg of expense mm-hmm. to feed her. And so I'm like, this just sucks. Like, it's just horrible. It's miserable. I'm at my lowest of my low. I lost my job. I lost my vision of what I wanted to be and do. I'm stuck with toddlers and they don't talk to me. And one of them can't even eat And I can't go anywhere because my car's in my driveway and it's not drivable. Like it won't drive. So like life can't get worse than this. And I loved being at that bottom spot because everything goes up. There's no more down. Does that make sense? There was nothing lower. Mm -hmm. So awesome like, it's good because every step is in the right direction. (laughs) Like You can't can't make a goof. You just take a step and you get out of the hole. There's only one way and it's up. Um, so I'm very, very grateful that I was in that spot. And so my husband came home and he's like, I mean, I'm looking back, like I probably would have slapped him if it happened now. Like nobody says these things to someone. He said, I hear girls have blogs. You should start our website and make a blog. (laughs) let me go and fix your problem. Cause clearly you just need a blog, know. honey. Like just your girls have a blog like, What in the world. And even he, when I asked him later, like, why did you say that? He's like, I don't know why I said that. I, I don't know what, like, that's not me. <laughs> so it was just really weird. Um, but he's right. And, um, so I sat down, I made my blog and, um, I misspelled it. So that's how much like thought process I put into this. And it's misspelled to this day. You can go on Facebook and type in quirky mama, spelled M-O-M-M-A, which is not how you spell mama, because I just can't spell when I'm emotional and mad at my husband. Um, (laughs) And um, we grew that to 2.2 million. And then I I left that site and I went on and built another site, grew that to 600,000 and 390,000 on Pinterest. Went on and built two more sites into the multiple hundreds of thousands. And I realized that I've got a knack and um, yeah, you, I just started gotta,
0: my fifth business. Like, wait a second. You got to take me back to that moment because a lot of people start blogs, right? And they don't just like blow. That's what everybody thinks. Like, oh, I'm going to start a blog and then it's going to blow up. I'm going to put all these ads on it and I'm going to monetize it. It's going to be great. A month later, I've already forgotten that I even started this, right? So I want you to take me to like, what was that? What was your path? You started the blog. You were going to talk about being a quirky mama. Like what was your, what was the niche and how did you figure out, wait a minute, this is how you grow it. What was that process like?
1: Well, I grew it by interacting with where my people were and speaking the language of what they wanted to speak. So I did not monetize it for the first six months. I didn't make any money on it for the first six months. So anyone who's here, you have to love your audience so much that you're and your business. And your perfect person the person you're going to help with your business so much that you're compelled to help them even when you're not making money because there's going to be times when maybe you're not making money or maybe you lose a lot of money because you made a poor choice or maybe there's a market change and COVID hits and suddenly your business goes bottom up you're going to need to have some grit that keeps you going when the going gets rough and that's what i was very grateful for in the sense that i had that grit um I had that great, I wasn't expecting necessarily to get rich on it from the beginning. Okay. Um, And so I, I started the blog. I began, I always had like an, a knowledge of how am I going to make money on this or how am I going to use this to up-level? So I built it for six months. I began putting affiliate content into it. I began doing sponsored content, sponsored posts. We, I was able to grow it to making $8,000 a month. Whoa. And I thought I'd made it. I was like, how diggity dog, look at me. I'm amazing. Um, And that's when I went to an event. I invested in myself and I went to like a weekend workshop and it was over a thousand dollars to go to this. That was the ticket. And then it was like another $800 for like my hotel and my flights and the rest of it. So for me, this was a significant investment, but I thought I'd made it now. I'm making $8,000 a month. I'm, so I'm going to do this. So I went to that event and at that event, I sat in a, this lesson, one of the lessons that they were teaching and the person showed how they were making $1 million a month. And I was like, and they're in my niche. I was in the parenting mom space. They're in the parenting space. They're not a parent, they're a man. They're just monetizing it. And so, and he told me the different ways he was monetizing. So I was like, well, I could go do that. And I left and put those, some of those things in place in my blog And I went from $8,000 a month to $24,000 a month in six weeks time. So I tripled my revenue. And that's why I like have a little bit of a mission now. Mm -hmm. And my mission is to help other people have those ceilings cracked. So what Perry did for me is he cracked that ceiling. I thought I made it. I'm making double or not double, like uh, more than my husband. So like, dude, I've made it. But I topped out and I ceilinged myself because I thought I was there. And Perry cracked that ceiling and let me see past it. And that for me was game changer. And now I had a purpose to continue growing and monetizing further and monetizing with more strategies. So now that I have three strategies of monetization, well, what can I do to up-level those? So they're each making $3,000 a month instead of one stream that's 8,000. Okay, well now they've got three making $3,000 a month. I've got one making 10, Um, what if I made three earn 10 so that that way I've got a business that's stable? I like to always have multiple revenue streams so that way when one dies, because it's going to, it's going to, I guarantee you very many, very few things, but your business is going to die. And so you should have three revenue streams so when one dies, your other two can feed you until the third one, you get back up again. And I don't wanna have all in one revenue stream. I want it to have it dispersed. that that way i have a stable life um so for me that's that's where how i got there and i'm forever in perry's debt for helping me break that ceiling for my blogs and then i'm grateful to Stu because Stu then helped me come up with wait a second you've got these blogs that are cranking out revenue which is great and amazing but you're not making that impact that i know you're called to and he reminded me of that i mean he didn't actually remind like he didn't i remind you of this but when i was talking to him and being part of his program i remembered and Stu McLaren's program tribe, and Perry's of Digital Marketer, just that you guys, um, the people, the mentors I'm talking about. Um, when I was in Stu's program, he reminded me that you have a mission and a duty to more, and it's not necessarily revenue, although you make money doing this. It's about making an impact with your products, and for you, you're collecting crockpot sites, you're collecting cat ladies, you're collecting preschoolers, you're collecting DIY home, people that fix their vacuum cleaners for free using their... tools in their living room. Um, So you're collecting different people. Well, why don't you teach other people how to collect people? And that's for me was when the light bulb came on and we created Moolah and I still have all my websites running. My websites still earn. I still have, like I told, I think I told you I built another business for my birthday. I still have other businesses running in the background, but now I also teach people how to create audiences so that they can drive traffic to their businesses.
0: That is, that is amazing that you've been able to do this. And let me ask you a little bit of family support. I have, I've developed a theory because I've already interviewed a few women who are like you and me, like totally outgoing and bubbly. And I'm going to tell you so far, our husbands have been the complete opposite of us. And I wonder if this is a thing, like, is your husband the same as you? Or is he like, do your thing.
1: I'm just back here. Like, what is he like? Um, My husband does not need to work. He's the director of IT for a city in our area. He does not need to work and he's still working. He's like, I'm not gonna make you quit your job. So you're not gonna make me quit mine. Um, I love and adore him. We're complete opposites. You are very true. We are complete opposite. You cannot get more opposite than my husband and I. And- I am um, sure
0: Steve and I would rival that any (laughs) day. We could have an opposite off any
1: day. It's 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 impressive, but I know that he loves and supports me no matter what, in his way. So a lot of people say, Well, you know, why don't you have help? Why doesn't da, 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 why don't you have your husband come home and take your kids that were it, honest? The reality though is that's not what we're like. We're not the typical entrepreneur family. A lot of families with entrepreneurs at my level, um, one of the spouses is at home. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not us. So yeah. yeah. Um,
0: uh, yeah, my husband would love to just be a stay-at-home dad like that's like his dream he's like honey you make your millions yet because you know like that's that's my my life plan like you are my retirement plan and it's just so nice to have that kind of support right it's, I feel like it's so needed so we can like it doesn't matter who you are have people who believe in you it's just important so um
1: let me ask you something what is the Miller six-pack The Miller six pack are my kids. Sometimes I call them my six pack. My mother-in-law started that. She calls them the six pack. And my kids actually like, that's like their like handle on like TikTok or something um, is the six pack. And I've got six kids. I've got Elena, Ezra, Anya, Cora, Jonah, and Noah. And they're crazy. They're fun. They have a lot of orthodontic work. And (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, they, they, With COVID, it's been interesting because my oldest, um, her school is closed right now. So um, with her closed, I can still work. But as soon as I have triplets, so my youngest three are the same age. When my triplets come home, um, whenever they quarantine at school, which is going to happen eventually, um, Mm -hmm. it's going to be interesting. Can
0: we? Can we? I would love to ask you about this because I have two kids myself: have a nine-year-old and a two and a nine-year-old and a three-year-old. And I'm going to tell you, I am here. My business is a freight train, right? I know exactly what I'm going to do. The kids are out of the house, so I'm going to do my work. The pandemic hits. And it's like that freight train hit a wall with the whole force that it had. And it rocked my world in the worst possible way. And uh, now I had both kids at home. I'm here trying to grow my business and have calls and do lives and do the things that I, I thought I was going to do yesterday. And now I have both kids at home and it really, it really impacted like my mental health. It impacted like the whole family dynamic. And I really wanted to ask you what your experience was like, because if there's anybody who can teach us something about managing mom entrepreneurship. And kids, it's gotta be you. So, can you tell us a little bit of what that experience was like for
1: you? Give yourself grace. No, I, I did. St- I struggled as well, Um, mostly because, like, it, a lot of the mommy falls on the moms. Does that make sense? Like, so mm-hmm. my husband's amazing, amazing. So I don't want to like throw him under the bus, but it comes on us to be here for our kids a lot. Mm-hmm. And so I just had to tell myself that I can do this in between texts. So. I, we made our course this way too, where you can open up the course, do one page of content with a binder and then open up the QR code, read that one lesson and then close it and be done. So if I could work in five minute segments instead of an hour. And so for me, I had to stop saying, I need this full hour to do work and instead say, well, I'm actually working from home so I can design, like make my business however I want it to be. And guess what? I want it to be me not screaming at my children. So mm-hmm. that means that I'm going to, when they knock on my door, even if I'm in a Facebook live, I'm going to stop and say, Hey kiddo, how are you doing? And I'm not going to like freak out about that. And so, be, but I'm going to see my time as a five minute block. So mm-hmm. for the next five minutes, I'm going to work on this and the next five minutes. And then I wouldn't be upset because I could go five minutes without an interruption. So I was glad instead of seeing, oh, my, they interrupted me. Well, no, I only had a five minute window for this. So um breaking my day up instead of thinking it in big time chunks, making my time chunks a lot smaller made it where I could be more productive and not be frustrated because they were taking my time away from me.
0: Yeah, I found that that transition especially was hard because I'm trying to hang on to the way things used to be and starting to get angry about it, was it pretty seamless for you to like, okay, let's just switch gears
1: or was there some pain that happened in the meantime? There's going to be pain because you don't want them necessarily at home all day underneath your feet. And then like, they're wanting to be on the internet all day. And you're like, that's not a good use of your time. And then they break a window on a Facebook live because that's really funny. Um, because they're like, just being kids and next thing you know, they decide to throw something through the window. Cause like, <laughs> but my point is like, that's life. Like, why am I in business? I'm in business for my family. So as long as I can keep that priority straight, um, then I just always have to remember I'm here f- for them. Like, just like I'm here to serve my clients and my customers, I'm here for my family. That's who I'm here to serve. So that means that this segment of window of my life may not be as productive but every single day I can do three, five minute tasks. So every single day I can still be moving my business forward. It's just not gonna be moving forward the same way I expected it to previously.
0: You know what really surprised me is that you mentioned, I was listening to a previous podcast that you had been interviewed, and you mentioned that you target moms. I actually hadn't real, I've been following you for a couple of years. I didn't realize that when I started
1: following, you were targeting me. At the beginning of the call, actually, you asked me a question and I goofed on it because it's in my mind, I'm still targeting moms, but we just started trying to be a little bit broader. So we're now targeting like men and parents as well, but Mm -hmm. literally up until like three weeks ago, which is why I fumbled over my, like, who do you serve, Rachel? I serve moms. (laughs) No, 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 no. I don't serve just moms (laughs) anymore. Tell them you up until just recently, I only targeted women and moms with my content. Yes. I had, I had a
0: question about that because a lot of people who are listening, they are starting their businesses and they're trying to figure out, okay, who am I and who am I serving? And um, something like that hit me once I found that out is that, do you think there's, there's something to serving people who are a lot like us? Is that an accident that you're serving moms? So it's like, I'm a mom. Uh, they, they get me, I get them. So was there a correlation there or is this something that we should be telling people like, okay, who you are can be really, really related to who you serve?
1: Um, yes and no. In serving moms, I actually tend to attract an older mom demographic, older than who I am. So mm. that it doesn't necessarily mean that you are your customer, if that makes sense. I don't think you are your customer. But I do think you have to latch on to something that you have experience in. Mm-hmm. So if you're a female, you can't really teach a course easily on men's health because you're not a man. Okay. Mm-hmm. Likewise, if you're um, teaching preschool parenting, well, you can't do that if you've never had a preschool preschooler that you're a parent of, because it's a lot different to like, here's how you deal with temper transfers. Well, Look, lady, if you haven't tried to get shoes on this kid in the middle of Walmart when he's refusing to wear shoes and you've done this every single day, don't start telling me we've all been there, right? Okay? We've all been there when someone's given us advice and you could tell they haven't been in your shoes. Mm-hmm. So, for you that anyone that's listening, um can I teach anyone about marketing? Yes. But who's my best person that I can reach out to and make a difference in? It's somebody that I've been through their experiences. So I can speak better to moms than I can to other people, but that doesn't mean I'm just for that one audience. It's easier for you to narrow in and you don't have to have like, you don't have to be that person because I don't think you are your audience person. Like my audience and me, I'm in a different stage now. I'm not, I'm not where they are, but that doesn't mean I can't serve them. I do have to pick one person to serve and I have to have some type of real authentic um, history or I need to have somebody that I'm working with that has real authentic history and knowledge and love of the topic in order for me to truly build a business. Um, one of my businesses is a cat audience. Mm-hmm. I built a cat audience of crazy cat ladies. Guess how much money I make on that? Like it's my least some months. I might make a thousand bucks. I might make a thousand bucks. Um, most months less than a thousand. Okay. It, it could I grow it? Yes, but I can't grow it. If I'm the one, doing all the content and picking the products because I'm not a cat person. So mm-hmm. I'm coming at it the wrong lens and they can kind of smell that like this lady doesn't like cats. So for for you, if you're listening, it's so much better for you to have something that you know, love, and have experience in to be able to, t- to teach and give it. Um, yeah.
0: I have to ask this question. You're not a cat person. How come you're gathering a cat audience? <laughs>
1: Because my neighbor's cat was peeing on my lawn furniture. And what else do you do when you're a marketer but make a cat page to make fun of your neighbor's cat? <laughs> Obviously. Obviously. What <laughs> That's what you I do. That's what you do. And this cat was peeing on my chairs. And I was like, get that, oh, that cat. And so next thing you know, I made a cat page about it. And um, I was just being sarcastic and it went viral and it went crazy. And now I have about 170,000 crazy cat people. That's but, crazy. Yeah. And I love my cat people. I just don't love cats. Yeah.
0: I have to ask this because right now everything is sounding too perfect. You created blogs and you stumbled upon like this. I'm, I'm really great at growing audiences. Now I'm going to grow audiences and now the money is just coming in and now you've created a multimillion dollar business and, and life is good. I want to hear about the bad and the ugly. <laughs> I, I want to hear. So people understand that it's like, it's not like, oh, Rich is just yeah. lucky and talented and like, that's just her, but that doesn't mean it's going to work for me. I'd love to know like, what were the trials and tribulations? Like, come on, like, give me a little bit of reality in the journey that you've been. Well, one thing
1: um, I think everyone struggles with this is that they might s- skip some stepping stones. So I skipped some stepping stones, and I thought hiring an expert was going to help me get there faster. I hired an expert. I paid them twenty six thousand dollars, but it was fraud. Like yeah. there's no sugarcoating it. It was fraud, mm-hmm. and in the sense, like we didn't. I didn't get what was deliverable. I didn't get the deliverables. Like I didn't have any like proof of conversion for it. Uh, he kept leading me on. You know, there was a lot of things that if if it's not working, your person. Anyways. My point in this is not to throw them under the bus. My point in this is it's not always pretty that path to get there. And if you try to skip some of those steps, you're going to fall flat. So I, I skipped some steps with him and I fell flat and I had to learn how to create ads. And then recently I skipped some steps because I don't actually like being a CEO. And when you're at a million dollar level and higher, You need somebody that's a CEO. And what do I mean by a CEO? Is someone who is able to make good negotiations. So when you're like negotiating a contract to speak at an event or whatever, someone that can negotiate well so that you're not taken advantage of. Um, A CEO is someone who knows the numbers and tracks the numbers and realizes where the numbers are. That's something a CEO does. A CEO also does things like um, deals with hiring and firing. And maybe I hired my bestie and maybe my bestie but they were bigger than they were. And maybe that went sideways really bad, really fast. Yeah. So I didn't act like a CEO and I tried to outsource that instead of learning how to be a CEO. So for me, um, I, that's probably been the hardest is making that transition into CEO and also treating my business like a business instead of like that hobby where you hire your bestie. And, um, yeah, that one was really sad, but that was probably my biggest one. Don't hire your besties guys. Just don't do that. Like, just don't do that. Like don't hire family for big roles or think, think very strategically if you're going and put some red flags and some hurdles and have a buffer between you and your best friend and a buffer between you and your family if you're going to hire them because it just gets muddy your relationships. And so for me, um, that was one like hurdle that I had to come through because I wasn't treating my business like a business in that moment when I brought them on. Um, I wasn't treating my business like a business when I hired someone, when I wasn't ready for them, I should have said, wait a second, I need better systems before I hired this person because he's not going to be successful with those systems. So I've realized though, that I struggle with the CEO role. So I brought on Farouk. And he's now like my CEO, CMO, whatever those C words are. He's a 50-50 owner now in Moolah because I realized that I had that failure in me of running my business and tracking my numbers as well. And um, that's what he's here for. So it's okay to recognize that you've got a gap and that you need somebody else to fill it for you. Yeah.
0: Let me ask you something. So this is something that is a really big buzzword in online coaching universe, which is um, mindset, right? Is that you can't welcome a million dollars with the same mindset that you welcome a hundred dollars, right? That you need a different mindset to continue to up level. So you've gone, you know, you've had a pretty successful career and now making multi-million dollars on all of your businesses. Was mindset ever a thing that you had to be mindful of? Was mindset a thing that you ever had to work on?
1: Yes and no. I think that too many people give mindset all the credit instead of just rolling up their sleeves and working. Mm. So, mindset isn't going to make you your money. What's going to make you your money is looking at your business and putting the pieces in place and then rolling up your sleeves and doing the work. Mm. So, I don't I didn't work on my mindset until later in my business. I did work on my mindset whenever I struggled going from the 1 million mark into the Mm multi-millions and in that stage, and I'm still in that stage, just so you guys know, I'm still struggling in that. Like, how do I, in the sense I have all my needs met. I have my kids college paid for, I have the house paid for, why am I still working? So like, that's something that's like a, a mindset, because I stopped stopped producing as much because there was no bear chasing me. That's what one person said, like there's a bear chasing you. So your mindset is I'm gonna run and run to avoid the bear. When the bear disappears, it doesn't mean you go sit on the beach with your, your mojitos or whatever and do nothing. Now you still need to be productive. So for me, once I didn't have those motivations, I did cut back my work level but maybe that's not a bad thing. But at the same time, it's a mindset in the sense my mind needs to say no Rachel, you still have a duty to your audience. You still have like, you still, there's more to light. Like you keep building, you can keep giving and pouring into your people even when you don't have this bear chasing you mm-hmm. Um, So yes, in the sense there's, there will always be mindset demons. And yes, I told you about the person on the shoulder saying you're not good enough. But at the same time, I think a lot of people think if I can just fix my mindset, I'll fix my business or I'll make it to this. And no, that's not the way it works. You got to roll up your sleeves. You got to do the crap.
0: (laughs) So let me ask you, what do you think is the biggest misconception that people have of you as a successful online entrepreneur?
1: Probably that she she has the Midas touch and she can do it all. And the reality is, so can they. It's just a matter of rolling up your sleeves and doing the work. Every single day doing one thing and doing that one thing well, and then the next day doing the next thing well, and the next thing and not biting off more than you can chew. You don't wanna set a four hour project and then not complete it. So don't start your blog before you have your audience. Don't because you don't have enough. Like it takes hours and hours to make that blog. And it only takes a few minutes to make the Facebook post. So go put the Facebook post up, attract those people, then your blog. So doing things in the right order, looking at your life and your business and saying, okay, what can I do in 15 minutes? that's going to put my business in the right state. And so I can take that next step. And then what's the next 15 minute task, break it down like that. Instead of thinking, oh, I'm going to make this big thing. That's not necessarily going to fill feed and fill your business. Um, I started my blogs after I built my audiences for that exact reason because I knew that if I started with all of the, if I had this big engine, my engine would be running in the wrong direction. So start with that one step, that, the next step, and the next step. Um, and if I can do it, anyone can do it. It's not a um, only Rachel can do this. My students, a lot, several of them, dozens of them, have become bigger than me and faster than me. So. It's, it's not something that only Rachel can do. It's something anyone can do if you do the right steps at the right time. So look at your life and you're saying, okay, I'm overwhelmed. No, you're not gonna let yourself be overwhelmed. You're gonna say, okay, what can I do in the next 15 minutes? It's going to move the needle forward. Okay, well, if there's all these tasks, which one of them is the actual thing that's going to bring me the biggest results? And which one's just a fun thing to do that's one day will bring me the results? Well, will put that one on the one day plate, put it to the side and keep moving forward.
0: Final question,
1: if you have the ear
0: of the whole world right now and they have to do what you're about to tell them to do in the next 24 hours, it could be to be a happier person, to have a bigger business, to grow their audience. What do you think that thing that they have to do in the next 24 hours
1: is? Make someone's day. Because if you can make your customer's day, your customers will love and trust you more and they'll come to you when you're ready to sell to them. If you can make your kids day, well, they're going to be a lot more understanding about the fact that you have to work late. Um, If you can make your neighborhoods day, the people that you come in contact to, every single one of them try to make their day and you'll see that it comes back to you tenfold.
0: I love that. Rachel, this has been such a pleasure and I feel like I just made the world a little bit better by having your stories out there. So thank you so much for sharing with us. How can people find you?
1: Um, I'm on um, Facebook as Moola Marketer, but you can also go to my Facebook group as grow your audience. It's free. We love having people in there and we'd love to have you as well.
0: Awesome. And we'll put those links right below. Thank you so much, Rachel. Thank you so much as well. Have a great day, Ina. You too. Hey there, Ina here. After this episode, you may be wondering how you can also achieve the kind of success that our guest has experienced in their entire career. So hit follow and subscribe to catch me on Thursday for a brand new lesson on how to grow your coaching business even if you have a small audience. And if you'd like to hear the full interview with all the details that only the super fans care about, get free access to all of our uncut interviews by going to theglobalphenomenon.com uncut. And I'll see you on the next one.
1: Thank you for listening to The Global Phenomenon with Ina Coveney. Join the conversation inside the Facebook group at theglobalphenomenon.com Facebook. Listen to new interviews every Monday and learn with the companion episode every Thursday. This podcast was created by Ina Coveney music by Jared LaBelle, and this was the voice of Kip Clark.